Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. We all know the cry room too well at church, the place we don't want to go. But feel we have to because of our situation. As Catholic families, many parts of our life can feel like a virtual cry room. We're stuck and don't know how to get out. Host Joe Holt and John Cox will discuss these current challenges affecting today's families. And provide practical solutions so you are no longer stuck in the cry room. Welcome to Stuck in the Cry Room. I am Joe Holt and I'm joined with John Cox. And today we have a special guest. It's John's beautiful wife, Mandy. Mandy Cox is with us. Hello. <laughs> so we're so lucky to have Mandy with us today. We thought it'd be a really great idea since we just experienced Mother's Day to have a conversation about mothering. But before we begin with that conversation, we thought it'd be great to begin with a prayer. And I thought especially since it's the month of May and it's the month of Mary, we will go ahead and say Hail Mary. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome, Andy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here talking <laughs> we, about being moms. We talk about you a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but John, he's always so humble and he, he lifts you up on the highest pedestal possible. Aww. So I will say that you're lucky. Yeah. You're very lucky to have John. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm I should say he's lucky, lucky to have you, Both. really. <laughs> Both is true. Both is true. We're we're very blessed in our our marriage, and I'm very thankful for um, being a parent with him, learning to be a mom, and learning to be a wife. And you know, it's really a, a, just a process of growth and and learning who you are. And um, I'm happy to be on this journey with him. So, so John doesn't talk much about the details of all the children. So oh, why don't you yeah. tell us? The names of the kids and their ages. Sure. So uh, we were very blessed with a bunch of kids right at the beginning of our marriage. And, <laughs> and um, you've been married for how many years seven, now? 17 years. 17 years. Mm-hmm. So I always joke that our first four anniversary gifts to each other were children. <laughs> um, that's not a joke. <laughs> so Josh is our oldest, and he is 16. And... Um, so happy to have that guy in our house. He's our only son, and he's a blast. Um, and then we have Abigail, who is 15 years old. And all that comes with being a 15-year-old girl, mm-hmm. she pretty much is. And um, then we have our Monica, who is 14 and is a joy as the middle child. She's a great middle child. She's um easygoing and uh, John and I always joke that she's the best adult in the house she's a better parent than either of us she's more organized than either of us she seems to know what she's doing so that's great <laughs> kind of give her room to to make God the bless the middle children you know <laughs> they, you. they have to pull up the ranks for everyone I'm telling you she's pretty awesome and then we have our Emily who is uh, 12 right now and um she's a she's just such a fun kid she's a got this part of her personality that is super outgoing. Um, but she also can be really laid back. So she's a great, great little girl. And then, um, our youngest is Colette and she is, um, eight years old, almost nine. And she's, 
she's the youngest in every way. I was the youngest of six kids and she's the youngest of five and she gets a little <laughs> spoiled and <laughs> assumes that she's also 16 years old. So there's a lot of uh, interesting dynamics with her, but she's blast. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So 16 to eight. 16 to eight. Yeah. It's so, a big span. Yeah. So our first four kids were born within uh, three and a half years of each other. So Josh was three and a half oh my goodness. when we had our, the fourth. And, um, and did you, busy. did you stay at home or no, you were a teacher, right? Oh, I've kind of done it all. So some of those years I was a stay at home mom. Some of those years, um, I was a teacher. Some of those years I worked, um, I taught natural family planning, um, for a great number of years, uh, about 16 years. And, um, so John and I joke that we were, um, uh, tag team parents that hasn't changed so much in our our, all our life, but there was a lot of years where he would walk in the door and I would hand him a baby and I'd walk out the door and go meet with people at night. And so, um, we both had to step up and, and take on a lot of different roles because of, because of the different nature of the kind of work that both of us did. And so I think, um, it forced us to be a little more well-rounded. And I think that that was probably a very positive thing. The biggest thing for me was learning to let go of control. Um, I assumed that, well, I still assume that I always know the, I'm right. I don't, <laughs> that's, what, that's the assumption I go into most things with. And <laughs> okay. So I have to ask John this question. Okay. The last podcast episode, we talked about the Winnie the Pooh characters. Mm. Who is Mandy? Oh, she's Tigger. She's Tigger. I, I think she's Tigger. Okay. Okay. Or, or maybe, I don't know, or it could be Kinga. Like, you know, you have Kinga and Rue. It could be. Uh, she could be Kinga. Um, okay, now why do you say that? Because she's very... She's looking at me right now. Can I, can I answer this later? <laughs> I'll cover mine. Okay, because when I think of Rue, I think of a character well, that's... Not Rue, but Kinga, like the mom. Like, oh, just the very motherly, yeah. always cautious. Having, always having the kids in the pouch and protecting and... Yeah. And, uh, is she a very cautious person? Because Kinga, I think, is very cautious. Right. Yes. Worrisome, cautious. Very wise as well and intelligent and just knows how to nurture her child, Rue. Okay. How am I doing over here? It seems seems okay. (laughs) You're safe. Okay. Let's just stick with Kanga. Okay. So um, before I talk about my family, where do you think that came from? So John views you as just a very motherly, wise, almost like you've always known how to be a mother. So I'm really super blessed by being Mm -hmm. the youngest of a big family. And um, there is a five and a half year gap between me and the second youngest. So all of my brothers and sisters are a lot older than me. Um, I had my first uh, niece or nephew of my first nephew when I was eight. And then we have 25 nieces and nephews in my family, including our kids. And so I grew up with babies around. I grew up with seeing marriages and seeing families and that it can look a bunch of different ways. And some of the things I wanted to emulate, some of the things I didn't want to emulate my own marriage. Um, But it put me in a position where I kind of came into being a mother with a lot of exposure and a lot of positive examples in my life. And so um, I think that made it made the transition to being a mom a lot easier than I think a lot of people 
you know, I know a lot of moms struggle with that first baby is a little overwhelming, you know, and not that I didn't have my own struggles, but um, I didn't go into it blindly. I, I felt like I went in with a few more tools in my tool pouch than a lot of moms typically have. And that was a great blessing. So. She just called it a tool pouch. It Do you see that? Pouch. She's already emulating Kanga. Kanga. <laughs> I kind of have Kanga's body shape. I feel like, like a little wider on bottom. I, know. No. <laughs> I, I feel like I should have known Mandy all these years <laughs> because Mandy probably could have provided me the wisdom that I <laughs> needed. Uh, just thinking about my own experience. So I have, and I know, I think I've talked about them on the podcast, but three children. My oldest is Andrew and he's 19. Uh, my And Andrew was born premature. He was seven weeks early. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. And so, and that was, you know, 19 years ago, premature babies, that was a whole different experience than what it is today. But I remember those very vividly and what my first Mother's Day looked like. It was a very sure. fearsome, fearful, yeah. um, anxious Mother's Day. And uh, Anna is the second one and she's 16 and Audrey... Uh, the youngest, and she's turning 15 in August. And Audrey has a whole lot of personality. Um, I mean, she makes up for the absence of the other two <laughs> they don't have. <laughs> Anna is the wise middle child, um, wiser than her years. And, um, and Andrew, as a first child, he's like so shellax. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. We, we joke around all the time in the home that if we had to... I noticed we talk a lot about Disney characters on this show. I just realize this, but um, we always say that Andrew, if he was a Disney character, he would probably be Crush on Nemo. <laughs> you know, just really chilled. He just lets everything go by. Oh, I and I remember it. when he was on the decathlon team at St. Thomas More uh, for Logic, they put him in that in that captain role because they said that he could never get you know, worried and he always was controlled and composed and could easily distribute things. And that's how he is today. But he doesn't know how to also rise to the occasion when he needs to. So he's always in the relaxed position. But Mm -hmm. do you remember your first Mother's Day? Yeah. Well, my first Mother's Day, Josh was baptized. Um, So we had Josh, um, we celebrated our anniversary in March. Uh, but Josh had already been born in February because we had him pretty quickly. And so my in-laws were in town. We were in this tiny little apartment. And um, my m- most vivid memory is that <laughs> I cut my own bangs. <laughs> I had long hair. Wait, I had grown out, I had grown okay, out so my bangs. Which for, method did you use? Did you twist them? No twisting. The, no, no twisting. twisting. You no, just cut it straight yeah. across? Well, I was pretty good at it. So I had grown up with bangs. I had bangs for a little bit in college, okay. and then I'd grown them out. And, you know, I'm a new mom, and everything looks different, and everything's changed. I'm trying to figure out what it means to be a wife in the midst of being a new mom. And John had been looking through some old pictures of me in every picture that he came to that had bangs he was like gosh you are so pretty oh and he wasn't saying it in any negative way but in my moment of hormonal insecurity I went in the bathroom and chopped my bangs I don't know oh that was my first mother's day not as traumatic as yours but it was pretty traumatic you know what that is so true and especially as moms when we see our bodies changing all the time and now in my 40s where my body is compared <laughs> to my, pounds don't drop like they used to oh, no, I mean it's really really difficult but I think that's why a lot of us want to go to spas 
for Mother's Day. Go shopping to feel better about ourselves. At least I do. But uh, (laughs) I will say, actually, as I'm thinking of this, what I did do on Mother's Day, which was super special, it was um, my sister-in-law's and my two sisters and my mom and I all went out for a lunch. Um, And the special thing about that was, well, obviously spending time with them. But for years, I had so desired to be a mom and to desire to be part of the gang, you know, they all had kids. And so it was so fun to finally be on that side of it. And they were so excited for me as well. Um, My uh, oldest son um, is three weeks older than my sister's fourth child, who's also a boy. Uh So I had found out I was pregnant and then just in time to get all her maternity clothes (laughs) to borrow, she was calling me to say, actually... I need those back because now I'm pregnant. <laughs> and um, so I also had that joy of going into being a mother of this sweet little boy while at the same time my sister had this great little guy and uh, those two boys are, are inseparable as of today. They are best friends. So it's that was such a joy. New moms today, they are so lucky that there is a variety of maternity clothes. Whew. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember? Every maternity outfit back in the day was just like a big flowy... Floral, gown. very floral, all and, the flowers. And you have a huge pocket in front for the pants. So I always felt that yeah. I never could dress the way that I felt. No. And now you see, you know, you go through Target and there's just really beautiful maternity clothes. Yeah. I do appreciate that. I do think that we've gotten better at making it something that feels... Um, not quite like you've become an alien because you're pregnant. Like you can wear <laughs> cute clothes and feel good about yourself. And exactly um, right. I do appreciate that that is the the world that we're in now, that it's kind of a fun, you can still feel pretty and attractive and that's all good. Absolutely. All good. So thank you to all those people who've been yeah. <laughs> developing and designing all of those. Yeah. That is really great. You know, I, I think back to, um, you know, you said that you were really excited to be a mom and I've talked a little bit about it, this topic on on the show. But for me, I always had the desire mm-hmm. to be a mom, but absolutely worried. Yeah. And because I didn't really know how to be a mom, my mm-hmm. upbringing was so different. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I would have liked it to be differently. And I think every member of my family would say the same thing. Even sure. my mom would say the same thing. And I know that she did the best that she could with what she knew how to do. Sure. Um, but she came from a very abusive family. Yeah. Um, you know, we had elements of abuse and the way that I was raised as well. Sure. So I remember, you know, here we are pregnant with um, Andrew. I will never forget this. Marty denies this story. <laughs> but uh, when I found out I was pregnant, this is really funny. I was so oblivious. I had no idea what the symptoms for pregnancy were. <laughs> no idea. I just had this cramping, like a pelvic cramping. Sure, yeah. And I'm like, gosh, this cramping, it just won't go away. And, uh, you know, I, I forgot the fact that I was late in my period. I, oh, I just, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that. And I went to the doctor. I'm like, I just, you know, just it's just achy. It's just really cramping up. I don't know what that is. And and they said, do you mind? You know, we do pregnancy tests. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever. And I'm not even thinking about that. I've already moved on and I'm sitting in the, in the room, just sitting on the table, dangling my legs off of the end of the table. Like, like they're just going to give me medicine and medication, make it feel all better. And she goes, congratulations, you're pregnant. And literally it was a pause like that. Oh my goodness. And I was just 
sitting there and she goes, is this okay? Is this, is this what you want? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, no, 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 it's fine. And then she closed the door and I went, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Like, what is, <laughs> what does this mean? I don't even, I don't know how to do this. I, yeah. I wasn't around any pregnant women. Yeah. I didn't know like what the expectations were. I didn't pay attention to any of that from cues. And I thought, what am I going to do? I yeah. have I have no idea. I thought we would not have kids for a while. Um, yeah, I was practicing the rhythm method. Sure, you know sure, of yeah. natural family no, planning. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, right after, <laughs> right after the honeymoon, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. That's right. Good rhythm. <laughs> yeah, exact. Great rhythm. <laughs> so um, I remember uh, Marty called and he said, "Did you go to your appointment?" And I said, "Yeah, I did." And we have to talk about it at home. He goes, "Is everything okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's just talk about it at home." And he got home and I said, well, um, I have a medication that I need to take. And he's like, what is that? And I'm like, I'll just show you. And then it'll make sense. And I handed him the prenatal vitamins. And he honestly, for two hours, sat on the couch, staring at the fireplace in the living room. He did not move for two hours. Now here, I'm already (laughs) scared about being a mother. And he didn't say, oh, I'm so excited. Yay. And like hugging me. I just watched him across the room like, well, this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. This is going to be awful. What are we going to even do? (laughs) And so (laughs) we got through all the appointments. But then I found out I had placenta privia. And they said, you know, here are these precautions you need to take, need to come back for an ultrasound to make sure that the placenta moved. And I went back for an ultrasound and they say, oh, congratulations, it moved. You're fine. No more restrictions. Well, we found out later they misread the ultrasound. That was a shadow. Oh, no. And I still had it. Oh, sure. So we didn't do any precautions about nine weeks before I was bleeding at home. Oh, gosh. Paramedics had to come in, had to take me. I was on bed rest of the hospital for two weeks. Then Andrew is born, and when he was born, he stopped breathing, and so they rushed him to the NICU, and I woke up from my C-section, Yeah, and I had a Polaroid that was sitting right on the bedside table of my son, his arms extended, oh, oh yeah, tied down with IVs and everything on him. I just burst into tears. Oh, yeah. Fearful mom, no understanding of how to be a mom. Already feeling unworthy yeah. and um, without the skill sets to live up to what I think sure. are the expectations of a mother. And now I have this child that I even hope survives the yeah. NICU. Yes. Um, but then, you know, he, he was a pretty strong kid, you know, came out and um, is doing pretty well. You wouldn't know up otherwise. But I didn't take him out of the home for six months, Mandy. <laughs> I stayed in the house. I I couldn't even walk like in a stroller on a walk with him. Yeah. And I just, and it was postpartum depression. Sure. You know, but I, but it sounds like you didn't have that. You just, well, you're like, woo, I I have kids and let's go. You know, we were jumping in. You know, it's so funny. Um, What a good lesson of what motherhood means, which is really good, really, really, really walking out on water and really not knowing, um, what it's going to look like. So even with all the preparation I had, and I love that you shared that story about, about your sweet husband. Um, we found out we were pregnant with her first on father's day. Um, and we we were using natural family planning. I had taught natural family planning for years. I, nothing about pregnancy really was a big, any of it was really a mystery to me. And, um, so when we, we had flown to John's family in Massachusetts and, 
I did not want to take a pregnancy test in Massachusetts, but um, the day before, we were going to have this big party to celebrate our wedding, and um, his uncle got diagnosed with shingles and called and said, you know, I can't be around pregnant women with shingles. Is there any chance Mandy's (laughs) pregnant? So John's family, whom I did not know very well at that point, all look at me, and they're like, well, could you be pregnant? And I'm like, yeah, yes. I mean, the answer is yes. And so we took pregnancy tests. And I shared with John that I was pregnant. And he also did not speak to me for about two hours. Um, And I think that I, well. John. (laughs) No, she said, she said, she goes, she comes over and she goes, happy Father's Day. And I was in bed. I just kind of like rolled over and yeah, like stayed whatever. up in absolute shock. Yeah. Um, and then on top of it, I had to go out to the kitchen where John's entire family was waiting. They knew I was taking the pregnancy test that morning because we had to know if I was pregnant. So Uncle Dick could come or not come. And uh, so here uh, it was just such an out-of-body experience. But I think what's beautiful about that is it reminds us that we can't have a lot of expectations of how it's going to go. You know, I think we go in thinking we know exactly what, or for me, especially with my background, I thought I knew what all, what all of it was going to look like. And I thought I'd be better at it than I was. And I thought I'd be patient and loving and we do crafts. And instead, I had postpartum depression after two of my babies. I spent days crying in the corner because I had so many diapers to change. I spent days questioning myself. I can't tell you how often, you know, especially when the kids were little, I'd put them all to sleep and I'd go to bed and I'd just cry. Because I felt like I'd ruined the day and I was the worst mom. And one of my favorite um, memories of that time period, and it has ended up sticking with me throughout the rest of my my parenting, and I've shared it with a lot of moms, was there was one day where it was just so hard. I had four little babies. I often, just to scrape together enough money to survive, was babysitting other people's kids. So I often had upwards of six six to seven kids in the house, all of them infants, you know. And um, I was praying as I was walking through the hallway, and I just said, God, I just need a little grace. I just need, and then all of a sudden I thought, no, I don't. I need buckets and buckets of grace. I need all the grace, all of it, all of it, right this second. And about 10 extra hands. All of it. And <laughs> anything you want. And that has been, I've realized that, that's what I need to do with our father is not ask him for just enough, but really turn to him and say, I need all that you've got for me in this moment because I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough to navigate the challenges, the challenges that we go through. And, you know, for as much as it was hard when they were little, it was so physically demanding and emotionally demanding in certain ways, just the constant you know, everybody, somebody was crying at any given moment and somebody was trying to kill themselves at any given moment. <laughs> I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and we had relatively well behaved Or flush certain things on yeah. the toilet yeah. or... No, any of it, any of it. Um, in the, you know, as, the, as we've transitioned now into having teenagers, we have four teenagers in the house right now. And then I look at my friends and siblings who have young adults in the house. I realize I don't, think it ever stops being challenging and hard and requiring all of yourself. And that's why it's a vocation. That's why marriage is a vocation. As as you're learning to lay down your life 
over and over again. And I never stopped needing our Father. I never stopped needing His grace there with me every second, every conversation. I think the most challenging thing with teenagers is that you go into any given day and you have no idea what conversations <laughs> might pop up. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. You think you're prepared for the day and all of a sudden... The one thing you didn't expect happens. It's so true. So, and that's, that's one of the most humbling things is, um, you, you really don't, you don't know what, what all it's supposed to be, but that's also the beauty, I think, of being able to surrender to what God has in store and to remember that they are his children in the midst of all of this. He's not going to abandon them. He's not going to stop. He's not surprised by any of it. That's probably been, I keep laughing to myself as we've gone into quarantine and all of the things that have happened this year. I keep thinking when it turned 2020, God already knew this was going to happen. He's not like, what, what is this virus? Like, you know, what is going on with my children? Like he, he already knows, he already knows them. He already knows what they need and, and that he knew they needed me. So even though I feel like I'm not enough and I feel like I fail, you know, he knew that my children needed me, and that's humbling. It's very, very humbling. So, I, I like what you said because what I think about is, as I think as moms especially, we think we have to be so strong, mm-hmm. and we, for whatever it is, if it's pride or expectations, we don't feel we should ask for help. Mm-hmm. And when we do ask for help, we think we should ask for the smallest amount. Yeah, you're not as much as we really need, but that we don't want to be a burden, Mm -hmm. but we're not a burden to God, (laughs) you know? And the more that we call out to him and the more we ask of him, the more that he sees and understands how much we do love him, that love is reciprocated. That's how he wants to show us his love is by providing us that grace and, and helping us through the difficult times and giving us the wisdom to have the answers, to know what to do in the unexpected times of our life. And there was definitely many times as a mother where I felt that I didn't ask for enough. Yeah. And I should have. Mm -hmm. And that's why many times in the church we encourage people just to completely surrender. Yeah. Because when you surrender, you say, give me everything you've got. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can't do this anymore. Give me everything you got. And it wasn't until after the second child when I surrendered that I finally was able to fully invite yeah. God into my life. Yeah. And yeah. I just wonder how many moms also struggle with that too. But even Mary had quite, oh, had a lot gosh. of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> you know, here, by the way, do you want to be the mother of God? Sure. Okay. Sounds great. Okay. But she didn't know everything that was going to happen. No. Um, it, well, in trusting, like, I think, you know, here she'd had this dramatic experience with the Holy Spirit and knowing that she was carrying the child of God. But, it didn't make the other decisions easier. They still had to leave in the middle of the night and go to Egypt. And she had to trust that Joseph was leading her right. and that he had had truly experienced God in a dream, telling him to do that. And like none of that was easy. So I think, um, you know, for as much as I know that my life is planned by God and God is present with me, it doesn't mean that that makes everything easy. It just means that he knows. He knows. And like you had said, if to the degree that I can surrender, the more I am able to work in docility with his grace and be able to go with 
him and with his guidance through the Holy Spirit. And I think, um, you know, the more I resist that, the more I see myself struggle. You know, I can look back at times where I've encountered difficulties and I didn't turn to God first. I turned to him after I'd kind of made a mess <laughs> of the situation. So I think, you know, that's the, that's the example Mary gives us um, of docility and a willingness to do what God asks of her, knowing that he's providing in the midst of it. So do you have a funny story? I do have a funny story. Yeah, John had suggested <laughs> that I share it. Um, you John know, likes to embarrass himself often, so I hope that this does. story does not disappoint. It will not okay. disappoint. Sounds it won't. Great. It won't. <laughs> so, in the midst of um, having four little 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 ones, um, John had decided to go to get his master's. And the way this master's program worked was one week in a month, the teachers actually flew in town and the students were from our area, all went to class. And for him, it was kind of a mini retreat. I mean, these teachers were brilliant. Some of the greatest theological minds in pastoral theology of our time. And so John would go off on these weekends and leave me with four itty, itty bitty infants and you're have a great idiot. time. <laughs> idiot. No. I'm usually nice just sometimes so he would leave and it just so happened that this Mother's Day weekend this was oh my goodness I don't know 12 years ago um this is the thing too like we had Colette our youngest in the middle of this no that was later she wasn't oh no she was born she was right yeah we had here you are with four kids and and then an infant uh, as well yeah so it's not looking good for you. It John. didn't go well. It didn't go well. So John goes off on his weekend. So it's Mother's Day weekend and he went to class. So he was leaving me for the whole weekend and I had to go to mass. So unfortunately, because I'm a Southern woman, I felt the need to wear high heels frequently. And so it didn't it made sense to me that I would wear brand new high heels and take five Itty bitty look, children. You want to look mass. your best. I did. Well, yeah, let me tell right. you. So I got to mass and I'm in these very uncomfortable heels with these five children, and there is not a seat to be had in the church because it was always packed. And so I'm standing in the back with these children who have lost their minds and an infant that I'm trying to hold and um, just want to get out of there. And so we end mass. Poor Jesus. I can't believe I'm talking about wanting to leave Mass that badly, but I did. And so we get into the car, and I'm driving, and I thought, I do not want to go home and make lunch for these people. Um, Where could I go? And I thought, well, I can't go to a restaurant. I guess we'll just go to McDonald's. And then I think to myself, I'm going to spend Mother's Day at the Playland at McDonald's. (laughs) And John calls in the midst of this. Okay. And he calls me on my cell phone. He's like, hey, babe. He's having a great time. Everyone's laughing in the background. They're all yeah, going out to they lunch. They had a great retreat. Oh, yeah. All yeah. weekend. Yeah, they right. went to mass and got to hear the homily mm-hmm. and all those things you don't get to do when you're a parent of young children. And um, so he goes, how you doing? And I go, I'm really bad. I'm really, really bad. And I start, I burst into tears. And I hear my son, who's seven, in the back of the van, and he goes, Mom's crying. (laughs) And they all got very quiet. So I did spend Mother's Day in the Playland at McDonald's. Uh, One of the children got stuck in the 
play place. Oh, so in no. the heels, in the dress I was wearing, I was also crawling up the playland. You know, what time did John come home? That I don't. Day? He didn't ever come home. He was smart. He ran away. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. He wouldn't get home until usually about six or seven at night. So, you know, those are moments that are just. In he your made mind. it up to you though, right? No, no, he didn't. No. He still hasn't made it up to you, John. Oh, he thinks he did. I see his face. What do you? What did you do? Do you remember, John, what you did? <laughs> He's like, I know I had you done something. I remember I was on the phone. I was like, I, I remember that she was like crying on the phone. And um, I just remember asking her, saying, do you want me to come home now? Like, I was willing, yes, I remember this. I was like, I will come home. With, I don't care if it was, it was Professor Bushman. If you're but she was a strong mother. That's why she said no. She's prideful and stubborn, too. So. <laughs> well, we had also paid for that class. We so. paid for that class. <laughs> likely to. But I was always like, I don't care. I won't come home. She's like, no. no. I'll be okay. And so I sat in the class the rest of the afternoon thinking, I am, I'm dead. I'm dead. So I don't know what happened the afternoon in class because all I can think about was, I don't want to go home. <laughs> no, but it was funny because she also mentioned about being in the car. So Josh, I don't remember how it went, but Josh said mom's crying. And then the kids were all. They were very concerned. They were, they did change their behavior. So mom rapidly. learned a new technique of crying on cue <laughs> to manipulate the kids. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Mandy, I really want to thank you for joining us oh, today. Thanks. And I want to thank all of you listeners for listening to our episodes and hopefully rating us, telling your friends about our podcast. And we ask you to join us next time as we help you get stuck out of the cry room. Have a great day. 